Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. Um, we're almost at the end of the first month of 2017, which is crazy. Uh, and some of us, the, the 2016 was a great year. And you're full of excitement and enthusiasm for the year coming. Some of you, 2016 was a shocker. And uh, you feel like you've been in a storm or you've just come through a storm or maybe you're heading into a storm. And, uh, you know, maybe physical storm, emotional, financial, relational, spiritual, however it comes, you know. But, but the storms in life do come. And they come in all different forms. They all come at different times. And, uh, uh, and, and, you know, unless we're prepared for them, they can do some real damage. And, uh, and here this morning, I want to show you how to shelter in the storm. And I hope I can do it in 20 minutes. And, and basically, there's, the Psalm 23 is just a beautiful psalm, a beautiful psalm. And I'd encourage you, if you haven't ever read it, please read it. And, uh, and you might be saying, well, Pastor, can't you be more positive about the storms in life? Well, yes, I can. I'm positive you're either in a storm, you, you come through a storm, or you're going to go into a stormer. That's what life is about. You see, Jesus says, you will have trouble in this world. But don't worry. Don't worry. Take heart. I have overcome the world. You will have trouble. That's not a given. And in fact, if you're not having some storms in your life, I'll even start to question, well, hang on, am I doing anything significant for God here? Because the enemy isn't really threatened by you. Am I living a true discipleship life? Just a thought. Just a thought. And there will always be storms in life as far as I'm concerned while we're still alive, while we're still on this earth. And what's important is how we negotiate while we're in the storm and we come through the storm. And as I say, I want to look at this Psalm 23. So I want to read this to you here this morning. No, I won't get you to read it with me because it'll take too long. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. They're beautiful words. And just a few years back, I remember going through a tough patch, a dark patch, a, a valley, if you will. And it was before we built this auditorium. So we, got, we opened this auditorium in 2012. So it was just before that. And uh, we were under pressure as a church, financial pressure as a church, which means that we're under personal pressure as, as a couple, as a family, and uh, particularly as the provider, feel the real pressure of that. And Robert and I were both looking at work options, what we had to do. We'd sold our family home to buy this property. And uh, uh, so there was nothing we could lean on there. Uh, we, we were blocked in so many areas um, through council and RTA and finances and people and resources and, and lack of growth and all those things that just seemed to be battling in, in the process and it seemed so impossible on so many levels I actually thought I'd failed I got to the point I said you know what 
I don't know if I've got any more to give. And uh, I was waking up just about every night with sort of panic attacks, you know, and, and I didn't even tell Robin this because I'd just be awake during the night and my heart would be beating, you'd be sweaty and go, what is this all about? And I wasn't so much concerned about me because I knew God would look after me, but I was actually more concerned about you, the church, the fact that maybe I hadn't heard God's voice clearly to buy this property. And it concerned me that I was leading you and I'd let you down. And I was thinking, I've got to resign. I can't do this. I can't keep leading the church and I can't get this building program out of the line to build this auditorium. I can't take us to the next level. And, and it was the darkest period I can remember. Now, I've never suffered with depression, but I reckon that's the closest I've ever got because it was just a real heaviness. And, and, and the key, one of the keys for me was to read this psalm, Psalm 23, and I read it every day. When I woke up at night, I'd read it. In the morning when I was doing my prayer time, I'd read it over and over again. And these words were soothing to my soul. You know, the words were so intimate and yet they were powerful. And it all hinges on this first verse of this psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. You see, there isn't an argument whether the Lord is a shepherd. There's no dispute whether you have a shepherd or not. You are created to have a shepherd. So if the shepherd isn't leading us, then someone else or something else is leading you. And, and I found, for some of us, we go, well, I'm leading me. And your psalm might go, well, I am my shepherd. I lead me, I restore me, I comfort me, I guide me, I follow me. I'm very confused. And, and basically, we need a shepherd. We all need a shepherd. And when the Lord is our shepherd, his sheep will always have what they need. They'll not be in want. And so many of us don't allow and trust the Lord to actually shepherd us and lead us. And just like sheep, we think we know better. We think we know a better way. We think we know a shorter way. I trust in me, myself and I. And even though we don't like to admit it sometimes, it's not working out that well. You know, it's not working out that well. I'm the master of my own destiny, captain of my own soul. Because if, if, if I'm not, isn't that weakness? And it's such a bloke thing, can I tell you. And probably many women suffer with this as well. You see, when we really allow the Lord to be our shepherd, it's a game changer. It changes everything. When we start with surrender, first of all, we have to start with that surrender. Not just lip service, not, yeah, yeah, he's my God, yeah, yeah. A real, complete surrender. God, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I got there. I don't know what to do. I got there. Help me, Lord. Lord, be my shepherd. Please, Lord, be the captain of this ship because I can't do it anymore. And you see, David, the author of this psalm, he knew what it meant to allow the Lord to be his shepherd. You know? Often he'd take back the reins like we all do from time to time. But he, you know, he blew it big time, quite a few times. But he said, Lord, you be my shepherd, a man after God's own heart. Because when we allow the Lord to be our shepherd, we tap into the amazing promises and the amazing power of the kingdom of God. When we're doing it in our own strength, it's limited. It's, it, it'll, it'll run out at some stage. And that's where we get burnout and all those sorts of things. When we do it in God's strength, when we rest in God, when we allow him to be our Lord and our shepherd, we operate in the power and the promises of the kingdom of God. And that is a whole different deal. Listen to what the shepherd does. When we allow the shepherd to be the shepherd, to be our Lord, look at these verbs, these active verbs we're looking at in this psalm. 
He makes me lie down in green pastures. He makes me. And most of us don't like being made to do anything, yeah? If you're like me, you tell me to do something, I'll go, well, you know, maybe. I'll think about it. And, uh, and we say, well, who's in charge, really? You know, is he the Lord, really? And he makes me. Well, no one makes me do anything. Thank you very much. And uh, that doesn't make any sense at all. Why should I do that? You know, don't tell me what to do. That's the way we often respond, even to God. And the truth is, none of us really like being made to do anything. But the shepherd knows what's best for us. Why? Not because he doesn't like us. Because he's very much in love with us, with you, with me. He loves you. He knows what's been behind. He knows what you're going through now. He knows what's in the future. Why wouldn't we trust the shepherd in our lives? You know, even to get us lie down in green pastures, to rest, to trust in his provision, because he is the Lord and the shepherd of our souls. It continues. He leads us beside still waters. What a beautiful mind picture that is. He leads us. He restores us. He restores my soul. He refreshes me. He lifts my eyes, my heart to the things of God, my mind, my will, and emotions. Uh, you know, it's my soul. And he restores us. He guides us. You know, the Holy Spirit is a guide in our lives, a counselor, a helper, and, and he guides us. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for you are with me. Your presence is with me as we walk through the valley. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He protects me. He protects me. You anoint me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. So you love that. He anoints us, blesses us, gives us favor. Yeah. As a consequence, we get an overflow, an abundance, an amazing overflow, a fullness in our life. He anoints us with that. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, the Lord follows me. He follows you. Who is good? Who is love? Only God is both those things, truly. And he follows, he protects us from all sides. See, the good shepherd wants us to position us, to help us, to guide us, to lead us, to, to be all that we need in our lives, all the days of our lives. And I know I need that. I need that. We all need that. We all need that stuff, you know. And, and I need leading, I need restoring, I need guiding, I need protecting, I need anointing, I need his goodness and his favour. I need his love, you know, all the days of my life. There's a section in the middle of this psalm that seems a bit odd, a bit unusual in our natural thinking and its theology, but it's beautiful if we understand it just a little bit more. And it's verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And you see David, who wrote this, actually lived this out. He actually lived this out. When he wrote this, he was walking through the valley of the shadow of death. He actually physically was walking through the, this valley of death, physical death. As a boy, as a shepherd, as an um, outcast, as an outlaw, as a leader. And as a young man, he went to his brothers to, with, and they were, fighting, they were there with Goliath and, uh, and, and he took his staff with him and he went into the battle with his slingshot and five stones in his shepherd's pouch and, and what seemed impossible you know, when he stood up against Goliath, when everyone else was running, when King Saul was trying to put his armour on him, David just said, no, no, my shepherd, my Lord is with me. And even Goliath said, what, what, am I a dog that you come with sticks to, to battle me? And, and David says, no, this is my shepherd's staff. This is the thing I carry with me through all the trials, and all the tests, when my life was at risk. This is the thing I bring into battle. 
And, and maybe this morning you've got a loved one that's going through that valley, the valley of the shadow of death. Or maybe for some of you here, there's a personal application of that. You, you're actually in that valley right now. David knew precisely what you're going through. He knew exactly. This psalm is for you. The psalm is for you. Maybe not, it's not a physical death. Maybe it's a relational death. Maybe it's a marriage or kids or issues in a family situation. Maybe it's a financial problem, emotional, spiritual battle. It looks like death to you on this side of it. It's your valley of the shadow of death. And, well, God, through David, can show you a way through. That's what I want to say to you this morning. God, through David, through this psalm, can show you a way through. You see, David was anointed as a, as a, a shepherd boy. And it was 27 years before he came to become king. He was anointed for 27 years. And in that time, he was running for his life most of that time. Most of that time. He was basically threatened every day of his life. And David had a few huge storms. Let me tell you storms quickly. He had a huge moral failure, adultery, murder. His baby son died. Later, his adult son betrayed him. He led armies into many, many battles where there was thousands of people killed. He knew what it was like to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So whatever is pressing on you right now, I'm pretty sure David can say he gets it. He gets it. And God inspired him to write this, you understand. So I don't know what you're going through. But verse 5 says, Your God, your shepherd, prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. And, and you might be saying, hey, what on earth does that mean? It means he might deliver you from your difficulties or your storm. He might. <laughs> but the real miracle is that he's going to join you and provide for you in the midst of your storm. And that is good news, people. I don't know if you recognise that. That is good news. You see, he may not change the circumstances, but he'll be with you in the midst of that. But what you've got to do, you've got to be willing to say, you are my shepherd. You are my Lord. It starts with surrender. Hmm. He's willing to join you and prepare a table in the presence of your enemies. You're saying, I don't need a table. I just want you to kill these people or get them out of my life or change that situation or let me win the lottery or whatever it is that you need in your life. God says, no, I've got something even better for you. Something better. We're going to make all these enemies that surround you watch me as I provide for you, as I protect you, as I bless you, as I anoint you, right in the middle of the storm. And you know, I don't think everything that's been said and done here this morning exactly says that to us. I almost didn't need to preach this. But God is with us in the midst of the storms, in the presence of our enemies. You know, I haven't got time to go on this story and I'll... I'll but there's the story of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in the fire. And God didn't pull them out of the fire. We'd expect, if we wrote that story, we'd go, well, God rescued them and came down and plucked them out of the fire and took them away, teleported them to somewhere else. No, no, no. He'd, he'd kill the king or he'd kill the people putting them in the fire. No, no, no. He let them go in the fire. But guess what happened? King Nebuchadnezzar looked into the fire, into the furnace and said, didn't we put three in there? There's a fourth in there, and he looks like the Son of God. You see, did God take them out of the furnace? No. King Nebuchadnezzar, he says, hey, get them out of there. Bring them out. Bring them out. And guess what happens then? 
King Nebuchadnezzar praises and worships our God that he didn't really even know. And he said, if anyone disses this God, you know what? You're going to be cut into little pieces and their houses are going to be made into rubble. Whoa! Why didn't God pluck them out? Because God gets the honour and the glory when he does it his way. You know, he didn't need to pluck them out. He was with them in the fire, in the storm. You know, I don't know where I'm going to go with this now. Um, let me, I'm going to give it to you really quickly. I, don't, I even did props this morning. I can't believe I did props. I did think of it in the shower though, so it probably, probably doesn't count. But, but, uh, but uh, look, at the table, this wasn't provided by Aldi by the way, it was provided by God, just in case you didn't know. And, uh, but at the table... How can I make this summarised? At the table, God says, I want you to sit at the table. And all my provision or my protection or my presence is with you. And so the provision isn't in this stuff he provides for us. His provision is because he is with us. He takes a seat at the table with us. And we're in the midst of our enemies. You see, whatever your enemy is, if it's disappointment, if it's discouragement, if it's depression, if it's... uh, Uh, financial, if it's emotional, if it's spiritual, whatever that is in your life, he sits with us in the storm, in the midst of our enemies, and he provides for us. He protects us. He blesses us. He brings favour because he is God and nothing is impossible for our God. And I I hope you you get to this morning. You see, the enemy, he's just prowling around. That's what, what 1 Peter says. He's prowling around. He wants to devour you. He's looking for any opportunity, any, any edge you can get in. And so if you're sitting at that table and, and you, 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 you somehow get your eyes off God a little bit, the enemy comes in and goes, hey, how you going? How you feeling? Things not going too good, huh? Oh, well, that's all right. That's bad luck, that God guy. I don't want to even worry about him. Come on, let, let's get real about this, you know. And, and he says some stuff to us that takes us out of the God zone, that takes us out of that intimacy with God. And he'll say, he's a liar. He's deceiving. He, he tells us lies. And, and let me tell you this. A lie believed as truth will affect your life as though it were true. A lie believed as truth will affect your life as though it was the truth. Write that one down if you're writing anything down because, man, that is one you can, you can contemplate on. You know, this is the first thing the enemy will say to us. And I'm going to do this really quickly. I have a lot to give you, but there's a better table over there. When he's sitting with you, he's saying, there's a better table over there. There's a better party going on over there. I have got a screen for these guys. Yep. Um, there's a better table over there. Why are you still here? Why are you still hanging in there? What's this all about? You know, what's, you, you're satisfied, you're frustrated, you want to give up, whether it's a marriage, whether it's a uh, what job, finances, uh, church, you know, why are you still here? Why are you still serving? Why are you still giving? Why are you sacrificing? Well, we aren't reaching the community. What's going on here? There's something bigger and better over there. Come on, let's, let's go over there. And, and, and the grass is always greener on the other side. And the sheep love green grass, don't we? But if it's the enemy directing you, it's fake plastic grass. And it'll kill you. It'll kill you if you eat it. So the next thing you know, it might be the enemy sitting at the table. He says, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. You're not going to make it through this thing. You're not going to come through the other side. 
You see, our shepherd says differently. He says, no, yes, we are. We are in the valley together. We are in the valley together, and we're going to get this through this thing together. I'll be with you in it and through it. And your valley might be a huge challenge. It might be really deep and dark. Disease, marriage, business, career, jobs, kids, emotional, spiritual, whatever it is. The shepherd says we're in this together and we'll make it through. No matter what the outcome, we're going to make it through. I'll be with you. The next thing he says, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. He whispers in our ear, you're not good enough. You're not good enough to be blessed by God. You're not good enough to be, have the favour of God. Yeah, he doesn't really forgive you. He doesn't really accept you. You're not worthy. You're not worthy. And we end up saying, I can't do it. I can't do it. God says, you have a shepherd who can. You have a shepherd, a Lord who can. Nothing is impossible for him. You see, John 10.10. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What does Jesus say about that? He says, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. And I love that. But if you read on just another verse, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Jesus, the son of God, has laid down his life for every one of us. The victory is already won. It is done. It is finished. There's nothing else needs to be done. It is done now, right now. And you are good enough. He loves you with all his heart. You've got everything you need if you stay at the table with our shepherd, with our Lord. And don't listen to the lies and the deception of the enemy. Because he'll say it to you every day of your lives. And I, from experience, know exactly what that's like. He loves you. He wants the best for you. The last thing he says, everybody's against you. No one's supporting you. Who do you think you are? The world's against you. Everything's against you. No one likes you. And in the valley, it can sometimes feel like that. It can feel like that sometimes, you know? We take antidepressants and sleeping pills and alcohol and drugs and all those things to relieve the pressure of that voice. And I remember when I was in that valley, he brought back some memories that, that were just, they just weren't good memories, you know? And said, you know, see, you're not good enough. What, what, what are you doing? What do you think you're doing here, you know? Everybody knows that you're not good enough. Well, why don't you just give up? And I, I, I'll tell you this to finish, I think. Um... He brought back a memory when I was introduced to Macquarie Church as they said, Rick's going to come on staff. And I, I was really excited. And I thought everyone would be really excited. It seemed like they were. They clapped. And I thought, oh, well, that, that's good. And, uh, and you know, I'd given up the business. And, and then this guy came up to me. He's sort of, a, sort of a pretty negative guy, I guess. But, but I, thought he, I think he thought he was encouraging me. He came and he said, look, I don't care what everybody else says. I think you'll probably do okay. for that and you know what the enemy brought that that memory back and said you know what he was right everyone's against you no one thinks you can do it what 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 are you doing what is a charade what, what give up give up but here's the thing here's the thing this psalm 23 tells us god's rod and staff they comfort me and jesus tells me if i am for you who can be against you nobody can Sit at the table. Get rid of those voices. Get rid of those voices. See, your shepherd is with you in the midst of the trials, in the midst of the storms. He can bring a great, greater outcome than we can even imagine or dream. Like Stephen and Emma were saying, you know, and I've heard so many testimonies that over the years. You know, we have to lean not on our own understanding. 
Choose to listen God's voice, not, not the voice of the enemy. Surrender and sit at a table with him, with his provision, his protection, his presence. You see, his provision is his presence to us. His provision is his word of God. We've got to get into this. We've got to believe. We've got to read it. We've got to actually get it into our spirits, into our souls, into our minds and believe it. His provision is his will, his, his perfect will for each one of us. He's a plan and purpose for every single person here, every single one of you. There's no one here that God hasn't got a plan and purpose for if you call him your shepherd, if you call him your Lord, if you're prepared to sit at a table with him in the midst of the storms and get rid of that enemy, kick that rotten man out of there. Get out of there. Get out of the way. We don't want you in our lives. Come on. Let me pray to finish here this morning. Father, we want to give you honour and glory in this place, God, and I believe that's, that's the only way we can do life. So God, we lift your name up in this place, God. We know there are storms going on in this place. I know there is. And God, we pray in the midst of the storm, you are with us. You set a table before us in the, mid, in the presence of our enemies, God. You are with us in the storm and you lead us through the storm, God. And Father, we give you all permission this morning to surrender afresh. To surrender afresh. In Jesus' name. Just one more prayer just before we finish. Here this morning with all eyes closed, heads bowed. I don't know where you are in your walk with God. And maybe you've never made God your Lord, your shepherd. Maybe here's an opportunity to start afresh. And here this morning, I want to give you that opportunity. It's real simple. Just put up your hand and say, Greg, that's me. I want to start afresh. I want to start this, this journey with God again or, or for the first time. And if that's you, just put up your hand right now. Just put up your hand and say, Greg, fantastic. That's awesome. Thank you. Anyone else here this morning? Anyone else? Want to start afresh? Right. Father, we thank you for new life. God, we thank you in the midst of the storms. We have you as our Lord and Shepherd, God. We've just got to surrender to that sometimes and recognize you as such. God, we, we trust you. We love you. We've got faith in you. You've got even a bigger and better purpose for us than we even understand. And we give you all honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give God a clap this morning. Ah, short and sharp. He did well, didn't he? 20 minutes. Every time I look at a table now, I'm going to see his bring kick on that chair. Hey, we can do that, can't we? We can kick the enemy out of our lives. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylight Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.